March 1st. Our reading in the New Testament for today will come from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 31. Here's what we're going to be reading about today. How far can I go? Well, the rabbis didn't agree on their interpretation of the divorce law, one school being lenient and the other strict. You see, when you live by permission, well, you're tempted to follow those who will tell you what you want to hear. Our Lord led the Pharisees back to God's original plan and interpreted it for them. How much can I keep? The rich young man was looking for a bargain, the best of both worlds, but he was doomed to failure. At Calvary, there was no bargaining, just Jesus giving his all. How much will we get? Jesus promises to reward all who faithfully follow him, but he warns against having rewards as your only motive for service. If you are his disciple, expect a cross, a cup, and a baptism, for the servant is not greater than his Lord. The really important question is, how much can we give? And now, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. March 1st, Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 31. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus, so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples told them not to bother him. But when Jesus saw what was happening, he was very displeased with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me, don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get into the kingdom of God. Then he took the children into his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. As he was starting out on a trip, a man came running up to Jesus, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what should I do to get eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But as far as your question, you know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely, do not cheat, honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was a child. Jesus felt genuine love for this man as he looked at him. You lack only one thing, he told him. Go and sell all you have, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went sadly away because he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for rich people to get into the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to get into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. 
Then Peter began to mention all that he and the other disciples had left behind. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. And Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times over houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property with persecutions. And in the world to come, they will have eternal life. But many who seem to be important now will be the least important then, and those who are considered least here will be the greatest then. When God wants to drill you and thrill you and skill you, when God wants to mold you to play the noblest part, when He yearns with all His heart to create a great and bold man that the world will be amazed, watch His methods, watch His ways, how He ruthlessly perfects whom He royally elects, how He hammers you and hurts you and with mighty blows converts you into trials shapes of clay which only God understands while your tortured heart is crying as you lift beseeching hands. How he bends you but never breaks you, when his good he undertakes you. How he uses whom he chooses and with every purpose fuses you, but every act induces you to try his splendor out. God knows what you're about. When God wants to take you and shake you and wake you, when God wants to make you to do the future's will, he tries with all his skill, when he yearns with all his soul to create you large and whole. With what cunning he prepares you, how he goads and never spares you, how he wets you and he frets you and in poverty begets you, how often he disappoints whom he sacredly anoints. He makes you lonely so that only God's high message shall reach you, so that he may surely teach you what the Trinity planned. And though you may not understand, he gives you passions to command, how remorselessly he spurs you, with terrific ardor stirs you, while he poignantly prefers you. When God wants to name you and fame you and tame you, when God wants to shame you to do his heavenly best, when he tries the highest test that his reckoning may bring, when he wants a queen or king, how he reigns you and restrains you so his spirit must contain you. Go then, earthly fame and treasure, come disaster, scorn and pain. In God's service, pain is pleasure, with his favor, loss is gain. I have called my Abba Father, I have fixed my heart on me. Storms may howl and clouds may gather, but with my love for him, all must work for the good, you'll see. In Christ, I am more than a conqueror, because nothing can separate God's love from me. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. What shall we say about such wonderful things? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, 
Will he also give us everything else? And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither height nor depth, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You're whom God has chosen, and he gives you the freedom to choose him. He's done his choosing. Psalm 44, verses 9 through 26. But now you have tossed us aside in dishonor. You no longer lead our armies to battle. You make us retreat from our enemies and allow them to plunder our land. You have treated us like sheep waiting to be slaughtered. You have scattered us among the nations. You sold us, your precious people, for a pittance. You valued us at nothing at all. You have caused all our neighbors to mock us. We are an object of scorn and derision to the nations around us. You have made us the butt of their jokes. We are scorned by the whole world. We can't escape the constant humiliation. Shame is written across our faces. All we hear are the taunts of our mockers. All we see are our vengeful enemies. All this has happened despite our loyalty to you. We have not violated your covenant. Our hearts have not deserted you. We have not strayed from your path. Yet you have crushed us in the desert. You have covered us with darkness and death. If we had turned away from worshiping our God, or spread our hands in prayer to foreign gods, God would surely have known it, for he knows the secrets of every heart. For your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Wake up, O Lord! Why do you sleep? Get up! Do not reject us forever. Why do you look the other way? Why do you ignore our suffering and oppression? We collapse in the dust, lying face down in the dirt. Rise up! Come and help us! Save us because of your unfailing love. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 20 and 21. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. The godly give good advice, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense.